welcome people to the dead and lovely. Dead and lovely. <laughs> I think we're pretty good. Yeah, we did it. Never had a single lesson. <laughs> you couldn't tell. <laughs> you couldn't tell, that's for sure. People at home were like, what? Yeah, it's like, these guys are killing it. Welcome to the very special opera edition of mm-hmm. Dead and Lovely, your favorite horror movie podcast of all. Here with the host with the most, it's me, Uncle Ben. And who's that somewhat sleepy man over there? It's me, Hollywood Steve, everybody. Oh, man, you're sleepy Steve today. Yeah, this is uh, this is 50-year-old uh, producer who's just seen it all, Ooh, Steve. It's like you've been smoking a lot of cigarettes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all on set. That's all we do. <laughs> we ogle babes and smoke cigarettes. Why are you so sleepy, Steve? Why are you sleeping? Man, I don't know. I woke up, uh, woke up early today. I woke up this morning. And my head felt dense. Splashed it with water, tried to make it make sense. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's a reference to. I think it's the Sammy Kershaw song, not positive. <laughs> Sick. Uh, but yeah, no, I, w- I woke up early, been up all day doing this and that, and I went to a bachelor party. Yeah, that's just also, before this. And it was just a bunch of guys sitting around watching The Bachelor, though. Yeah, it was great. That sounds awesome. Oh, I hope Tommy wins. I don't know. If that's... <laughs> How was that bachelor party? It was fun. I mean, it's just uh, drinking beer with people I went to high school with. That sounds okay. It was. I mean, I mean, there are people I went to high school with that uh, have had like successful lives. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. Um, the ones that didn't end up in jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's actually like <laughs> really refreshing. Um, I, I've been doing this. I don't know for the past two months. I've been having this extended high school reunion where I've been seeing people I haven't seen in a long time. Really. Uh, it just keeps happening. I had a little bit of a high school reunion myself you a couple weeks mom? ago. I saw my mom and my brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like the whole class is here. It's pretty amazing. That's awesome. So you went to a, a downtown grill and brewery. Yeah, we uh, we were at Sutry's first. Sutry's yeah, yeah. is a high gravity beer bar. They usually have some good things on they tap. They do. So. I, ha- I had a pretty great sour there that the bartender recommended. Sure. She knew what she was talking about. It was a very grapefruity. Okay. All right. I liked it. And then I uh, had some uh, underwhelming beer at uh, at Downtown Girl and Brewery. That's the perfect place to have an underwhelming yep. beer. I'm going <laughs> to try to bring it back up here. Thank cr- God. Crack us up a cold one here. I went to uh, a casual pint. Oh, yeah. Right there in downtown Knoxville and mm-hmm. got uh, a six-pack of just all kinds of wonderful things for us to try out for the show. What this one got? right here is from Six Six Point Brewery. Okay. It's by the name of Puff. Puff the magic beer can Lived by the sea We'll get you drunk It's 9.8% Jesus Yeah, it's a double IPA 108 IBU So, so th- this should bitter. be some strong bitter shit Bitter beer face yeah. Remember that commercial? I do remember that commercial <laughs> A guy like turned his face inside out This is a cloudy double IPA That's wow. in It's kind of like a tall skinny Like Red Bull looking can Yeah, I like the I like the can It looks like it's for people on diets you know what? That's exactly what it... When you see that skinny can, you're like, well, whatever's in there is probably not going to make me gain weight. I know, right? But I'm... I'm, I'm guessing this probably I'm going to guess that a 9.8% beer probably got a few calories probably in there. Probably will. Yeah. It looks pretty nice. Let's it find does. out. Let's find out about it here, man. Let's find out. All That's right. delightful. All right. That's a strong tasting liquid. It's very fruity. It's not very bitter at no, all. No, it's not. Mm-mm. I immediately kind of taste the cherry. Which I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Now that you mention it, it totally does. It's got a great mouthfeel. <laughs> the mouthfeel. It says, this unfiltered ale is best enjoyed floating on a puffy cloud of hops 
We should try that next time. Yeah, next time. Uh, listen, I normally float on a fluffy cloud of hops. Yeah. On a Monday. Mm-hmm. As it is today, Monday. Yeah. So, maybe next time. All right, we'll give that a try. <laughs> so, have you had a pretty good week so far? Yeah, man. Um, well, it wasn't that long ago we recorded. Yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, we're trying to I fit a whole it. bunch in, because you're very busy in the next few weeks. I'm going right near the beach soon. Right near the beach. Doing all kinds of good stuff, yep. Yeah. Um, I haven't uh, haven't done a lot, except uh, I did... <laughs> did watch Pirates of the Caribbean with my wife. The first one? Yeah. The Curse of the Black Pearl? The Curse of the Black Pearl. So that's what you've been doing this week, is watching that movie. It takes a week week. to watch. It does. It is about a week long. But it's enjoyable. It is enjoyable. The interesting thing is that uh, it wasn't streaming anywhere, but my wife had it on DVD. Well, everybody has it. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has a DVD of it. We tossed it in the old uh, Xbox. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I, my eyes and brain are spoiled from high definition uh, streaming. You know it what? Looked it like pretty good. Full on shit. Did it really? Yeah. And then we wa- we we started streaming the second one. Yeah. And it looked great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was streaming at 4K and and looking ultra high definition. Damn. But on all the, on the DVD, outy. it was like, what is this VHS? So when's the last time you watched Curse of the Black Pearl? Oh, it's been a long time. Has it? Yeah, it's been a long time. As I mentioned, uh, when we started our summer blockbuster series, uh-huh. that's one I've watched many, many, many times. Yeah, about every year, about every summer. So. Yeah. How is it upon review? Still good. Okay. Yeah. It's still really fun. It it reminded me like, um, a lot of stuff in it reminded me of the Assassin's Creed video games. So obviously, the Assassin's Creed games took a good bit from, um, those type of action adventure movies yeah but specifically assassin's creed 4 black flag that's the pirate ship one that's right? the pirate ship one i wanted to play that one with it's the, really good with the pirates you should play it it is a fun fun game uh but it's it's so much reminded me of uh of of that hmm. that i realized like oh man they they really took a lot from pirates of the caribbean for assassin's creed how do you think the effects in that thing are aging Okay, I would say um, not great. Not great, but again, we watched it on DVD, which kind of yeah. hid some of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, I bet if I bet if you saw it in high definition, it would look pretty rough. I'll say that like the ships and like landscapes and explosions and stuff like that, like uh-huh. the non-human things that yeah. are CGI, still look pretty good. Okay. But yeah, like the uh, the zombie, you know, uh-huh. the, the the people that man the black pearl yeah. and stuff, they don't look very good. They no look very no look good. Very good. No look very no, good. No, 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 no. But still an enjoyable, fun watch. Yeah, it is. Uh, what have you been up to this week, Ben? I have been very busy this week. I okay. have been uh, out traveling, being a real-life blues boy. Oh, yeah? I've been a blues boy You've this week. been bluesing it up? Yeah, we had a good time. So myself and Andy Wood and Seth Rosenblum, who's a fabulous uh, blues boy from mm, Boston. I, I saw him uh, at one uh, Oh, yeah, at the show. Kennedy Woods show. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right, that's right. He's a real good blues boy. He's got a voice on him. That he does, he man. He does. Uh, we went around the North Kakalaki area uh-huh. and did ourselves a couple of guitar clinics in the daytime and then a couple of rock shows in the night times. And it was awesome, man. It was really, really fun. The clinics went really well. Good. And I met a whole bunch of dead and lovely listeners out there. Really? Including my main man, Mike, and my main man, Kalani. Kalani. What up, homie? So good to meet you, man. I really appreciate that. He came to one of the guitar clinics, and like as soon as the clinic was over, this is always my favorite thing. 
Because, like, you know, I, I meet people a lot. They're like, hey, man, I love the guitar videos, whatever. I suck at guitar. Mm-hmm. And that's great. I love that. Yeah. But it's, like, extra special whenever people talk to me. The first thing they say is, dude, I love your podcast. Yeah, that is It's cool. like, yeah, yeah, sick, man. So that it made is, me really happy. I, I, my wife has been listening to our podcast and really getting into it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So that's really cool to me that my wife enjoys it. Yeah, like mine too. I, she hates everything too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife doesn't listen to podcasts either. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. She She's, listens to podcasts. She listens to our podcast. Well, if you listen to the champs, why even Yeah, that's kind of that's what I said. Yeah. Yeah, once you find this and the, the quest is kind of over. Yeah. I'm number one. And Kalani gave me a couple of Harry Potter guitar Ooh, picks in celebration of our recent Chamber of Secrets episode. Actually, this ah. one is a Chamber of Secrets pick, now that I look at it. It's even got the Chamber of Secrets logo. And oh, stuff man, on. that's awesome. And this one is Hermione, our girl. Hermie. Yeah. Hermione. So sick, man. But, of course... What the- about his Hermione? Yeah. Yeah, Jeez, where's his Hermione? <laughs> when are men going to get anything? We need representation we in the do. We- world. Listen, we hardly get any. I mean, sure, the government and law enforcement and, and, and the military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, hardly any representation. <laughs> so thanks so much for hanging out with me, man. It was great seeing you and Jim and all, all the other people that came out to the show and the clinics and stuff. It was really fantastic. And I got to tell you, too, I really enjoyed Raleigh. Yeah? Raleigh I've is a cool I've been to Raleigh place. before. It is a cool city. I've never really been there before. Yeah. We had some great beers. We had some great pizza. had some great food uh-huh. and stuff. Um we also went to Charlotte, which of course is great as well. Mm-hmm. I've been there before. Yeah, but Saw Raleigh, the Charlotte Hornets play. Yeah, of course I did. Alonzo morning. I had a puffy uh, starter jacket. I was oh, wearing. Oh, awesome! It was really cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we had ourselves a great time. So yeah, it was wonderful, man. It was exhausting. It was a lot of just like, cause I don't know. Usually, whenever you go and play a weekend full of shows, it's like you know you wake up in the hotel, you drive to the show, you load in, you have a couple hours till showtime. Uh-huh. But this is all very like wake up, drive, clinic, drive to the venue, load in, set up, uh-huh. do the show. Go to the hotel, do it again. Jesus. Yeah, and did so. you did you heal a bunch of guitars? Yeah, the yeah. The clinic was a success. None of the guitars had AIDS. Oh, that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. That I don't know that they've cured that yet. No black plague either. That is, they have a cure for that, don't they? Mm-hmm, they do. Yep. Sitting on cakes. Mm-hmm, that's what it is. Mm-hmm, exactly. Now that we know, on cake. I've heard that's kind of a thing going. That's on a right fetish now. people have. Yeah. That's, but it's not like the cake fart thing. Yeah. It's just like, I, wonder I want what, to sit I, on the cake. I wonder like, if somebody who's into cake farts yeah. sees someone sit on a cake. You're just getting started. Yeah. And they're like, what is happening? Like, Maybe that's the point, though. Maybe it's just like a tease. Oh, shit. Where it's just like, is she or isn't she? Is she going to fart? Uh, the suspense is killing me. I'm going to start doing cake sending videos. I Not mean, hell, men represent- Hey, men's rights. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough men represented in the cake sitting no, game. No, huh? It's so weird that this is coming up. That was on the last, uh, let's see, which episode was it? I think it was on the Maximum Overdrive episode of our, our friends over on the podcast, Sailor Satan. Satan. Yeah, yeah, they were talking about cake sitting on that episode. Really? Yeah, just totally <laughs> random. That's it's so awesome. weird. It's in the, what do they call it? The social consciousness right yeah. now. The, share, the collective consciousness. Well, I saw a Huffington Post article. Yeah? On cake sitting. Because that's I don't news. know what it is. I, I started to read it, and I was like, I, why am I reading this? <laughs> it, where does this go? It, it beats a lot well, of like, other stuff that's available well, for reading like in the news right now. When you start to read something, you kind of envision yourself at the end of it, like the person you're going to be. Yeah. And as I was reading it, and I was like, I don't want to be the person I'll be once <laughs> I've learned all this about cake sitting. What have I done to myself? Yeah. How have I put this into my mind? 
Dude, this beer is it's really, really good. interesting. Yeah, it's so complex. Like every drink, it tastes different to me. I know. I'm thinking the same thing too. It's so weird. And it's interesting too because usually whenever you get a double IPA, especially one that's fucking almost 10 percent. Yeah. Which P.S. This is among the smoothest. Yeah, very smooth. Nine point eight percent beers I've ever had. It mm-hmm. doesn't taste boozy like at all. No. Um, usually whenever they get that high, they just taste like super malty. Yeah. And like they kind of lose the the levity that mm-hmm. a lot of good IPAs and stuff have. Yeah. This somehow Not retains this it all. Not this one at all. That is really interesting. Way to go. Six points. Hey. Um, I've got another one of theirs on deck here too. So I look forward to trying that out and see what it's about. I think yeah. it's a little bit lighter, uh, but we'll we'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah. Later what on. What if it's not? One. What if it's dark as shit? What if you, as you're pouring it, it's like, my soul aches. <laughs> it's the Morrissey yeah. signature beer. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun, man. It's been good playing a lot of bass, playing a lot of guitar. The channel has been doing really well. That's awesome. Things are good and very, very, very flipping busy. But I haven't really had time to watch anything as a result of that. Well, you were living life. I watched life through the windows of a tour van. Oh, man. That's pretty cool, right? Sounds it cool. does. Man, I would read that MySpace blog. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I'll tell you what. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about our third Dario Argento yeah. movie. Is yeah. that right? Mm-hmm. Phenomena and, and Suspiria yeah. have been our other two. Go check them out. Yeah. Phenomena, number one episode. The flagship episode mm-hmm. after the failed prototype episode. Near Dark. Near Dark. The mm-hmm. legendary Lost yeah. episode. Everybody, I hear everybody every day crying for it. Oh, yeah. We want a Near Dark episode. They need it. They need it. I need it. They want it. They need it. Hey, why don't you come on into my cave? No, no, no. Not that guy. Uh-uh. Hey. Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. I got a Near Dark episode <laughs> Not that guy. <laughs> And, uh, of course, opera is a another movie in the grand giallo tradition yep. of the uh, the black-gloved masked killer, mm-hmm. which is one of Dario's favorite things, and other uh, giallo flick yeah, directors pretty as common. well. Mm-hmm. And it kind of follows that whole murder mystery, whodunit mm-hmm. kind of scenario, where it's, like, it's a horror movie, but it's really a mystery movie with horrific yeah. elements attached to it. And uh, this is by no means the first one of these, so in our... What do we call this? Preview Palace. Preview Palace. Is that good? I don't know. Welcome to the Preview Palace. (laughs) We're going to be talking about some of our other favorite whodunit type horror movies. Well, favorite and some of our not favorites as well. Yeah. But we're just going to talk about them in general. We'll talk about some... I mean, we've covered a number of them. Couple to a tree. And I've said every time we do them, I don't really like whodunits, but I like okay. this movie Yeah, each time. So maybe I do like whodunits. You might like them. I like them if they're done right. Yeah. Sometimes they are not done right. I would say one that is done right, I would say would be something like a Scream. Scream is done I like very it. well. I like yeah. a Scream. Yeah, Scream. Like, you don't feel like an idiot when they reveal who, who it is. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. the thing I really hate about whodunits where it's like, okay, so you didn't give me the information I needed to maybe guess. Yeah. 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 But in scream, you could kind of maybe figure it out, but once it's there, it's like, Oh yeah, of course it's them. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like rewarding on the replay value too. Yeah. Still. Yeah. You can, you can catch the little bits like where they're, they're kind of, uh, the two guys, Skeet Ulrich and, uh, the What's, other one. The other one. Gosh, Matthew Lillard. That's Matthew Lillard. There you go. Um, you can kind of tell their their apathy towards uh, everyone, and they're sort of uh, 
flippant way of talking about the murders and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, these guys are probably doing this. But then the first time you watch it, you're just like, that just sounds like typical apathetic high schoolers. Teenage stuff. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh And also, too, that one's also just got the great twist of there's not a killer, there's two killers. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Not expected. No, that's a great one. That's definitely one that I think we've been talking about doing on the show for a while. Yeah, we should really go through all of them, really. Yeah. Um, Scream 1 is great. Yeah. Scream 2 is good. It's good. Scream 3 is... A movie, technically. Scream 4... (laughs) Exists. Yeah. It exists. It's true. But they're worth watching. Yeah, I would say so for sure. Mm -hmm. What's another one you like? Uh, well, Friday the 13th is one we've done. Yeah. It's, um, but we've talked about it. Uh, it's not a great whodunit because there's not a lot of mystery about it. You don't know it's Jason's mom, but that's only because she doesn't show up until real late. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not like she's like, oh, she's the camp cook. She's the nice old mom to everybody. But it is a cool reveal. Yeah. Because she's crazy. Yeah. Well, and also too, you know. That movie came out in, what, 81 or 79? 81, I think. 81. 80 or 81. And, you know, up to that point, all these masked-gloved, mysterious mm-hmm. killers, it's like it's always like some imposing male figure right. and stuff like that. In this case, it's a mom in a sweater. Yeah, exactly. It's just mm-hmm. like she could be anybody's mom. <laughs> and she played her so creepy and awesome, She did. Too. She was really good. I love the first Friday the 13th. I do, and, too. And then also, too, later on in the series, they also begin dabbling with the whodunits again later uh-huh. on as well. Yeah, in, in 5, where yep. Jason isn't actually Isn't Jason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. I think in two also there's a little bit of mystery to it because we don't we know who Jason it. is. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's that. Yeah. And then there was also too the thing where like remember we said how the other dude is like yeah. in on it too for Peter. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So they kind of flirt with that a little bit more later on in the series too, but it's never done quite as well as it was with that that yeah. first one. Yeah. It's a cool trick, but you can only do it once, right? <laughs> yeah. I do love that one very much, though. I would say one of my other favorite. Camp Slasher Mysteries is our recently reviewed Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. That's a real, like... That one does a good job with it. It does. It, especially if you if you saw it back in the day on VHS or you see it in a, a DVD that's maybe not brightened yeah, up a bit. Or so a you, crappy YouTube stream. Yeah. Um, if you see it that way, it is more of a mystery. But then, as we talked about, when you see it in high def, it's very clearly Ricky. Each. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> Which is confusing because he's not supposed to be the killer. Yeah. 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 But I, I love that one, man. And that yeah, one, I think, does, Camp's great. That one does a good job, too, because, uh, and, and of course, you know, you know, minor spoilers ahead, but if you've never seen that movie, don't anything about it, just fast forward about 30 seconds into the show. Yeah. Because uh, you don't want to spoil this for yourself. No. But, but really, the fun thing about that one is it's like, not only is it a whodunit, so the reveal is shocking, Yeah. but then just the completely superfluous... Oh, also... But devastating. <laughs> also, bet you didn't know this about this character. Check out these genitals, dog. <laughs> yeah, check out the genitalia on this child. Holy shit. <laughs> completely... Check out the genitalia <laughs> on this child. <laughs> it's so... <laughs> Out of nowhere. And again, that, that kind of does the scream thing where it's like, oh, you've just been looking for a killer. Yeah. It's you, something else. Yeah, that's the good thing that a whodunit can do is lull you into a false sense of security where you yeah. think, oh, I'm going to get this a, figured out. Yeah, and I'm going to get a reveal here of who is the killer. Yeah. But when the reveal is something more than that entirely, it, it really gets you. And in the case of Sleepaway Camp, it's 
such an atom bomb <laughs> of a detonation that it also makes you forget <laughs> that there's a world out there yeah. that you're I don't know. It, it completely blew and that's my why mind. they had them in the movie at that exact moment. Because how could you follow that up? There's no way. There's yeah, nothing you exactly. could do. Yeah, no. you just have to end the movie. At that point, it's over. Um, another one we've covered, which is probably the oldest one we have on our list here, is Black Christmas. The first slasher. Yeah. Yeah. One of the first real slashers, and it it is a, a whodunit. We, you know, never find out who the killer really is no which makes it i think way, way creepier, creepier. Yeah. holy cow man yeah but there there is the you know su- suspicion on the boyfriend who hates his piano yeah. and <laughs> he does hate that damn he piano. just hates that motherfucking piano but yeah that that really plays it well because at the end they don't find we don't find out who done it yeah that's the great part it's, it's very scary. unsettling man yeah i think that's a cool flick like that's one of those ones that i i don't typically think of when I think like oh my favorite horror movies or anything like yeah. that that movie's got some stuff in there that it really like, does it's got humor that's really good uh huh it's got characters that are pretty memorable it's got Margot Kidder yeah it's that's got all Margot, Margot Kidder mm-hmm. and also too like there's some shit in there that just really creeps me out yeah like the fact that there's that that body with the plastic bag uh-huh. over its head that suffocated oh. and it's up there the whole time and then even at the end of the movie you can see it through the window uh huh for some reason that is really disturbing to me. Yeah, because you know that that body's probably not going to be found anytime soon. No, it's just there the whole the time. the police have searched the house. Yeah. They just didn't even go up there. Yeah. It's going to start stinking. I should imagine so. Oh, good. Oh. <laughs> That's what will happen after that. I like Blake Christmas. There's a remake of that too, isn't there? There is. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. Um, More of a sin of good. Uh, uh, uh. What about another remake, My Bloody Valentine? Yeah, that, the original is... I haven't seen the remake, but the original I've is seen a the whodunit. Remake, haven't seen the original. And I assume the remake is a whodunit. I don't remember. <laughs> I saw it once in theaters in, in 3D or whatever. Yeah. And I remember liking it okay. Yeah. But I don't remember if it was a whodunit. I assume. Yeah, the first one was... and The first one... It's one of those movies... We should do it next year for Valentine's Day, but... That, it's it's not an amazing movie, Mm-mm. but it's one of those rare movies where there's just like an overweight dude wearing a scarf and having a weird mustache and just being really confident in himself. Are you talking about Maniac? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much that. No, but I mean, like, he's just got this cute girlfriend and he's like, hey, whatever, girl. But just a big, tall, lumbering bear of a man. <laughs> I can get into it. You don't see that a lot in horror movies. That guy would normally be the comic relief. Yeah, yeah. But in My Bloody Valentine... He's the hunk. He's just, he's just got a cute girlfriend and wears a stupid hat. I need to watch it again because I don't remember who done it. <laughs> Apparently, I don't remember much anything about it. <laughs> There's a minor involved. I do remember that. Yeah. And a gas-masked man. Yeah. It looks cool. It it's a cool, cool look. Yeah. What about another one set in an old-timey time? Old-timey time. By the name of The Prowler. Man. The Prowler. That is... Uh, that's a movie that is irritatingly whodunit. But in a way, it really it's is. It's got some really good stuff. It's got, got some Tom Savini Tom kills Savini in there, effects. man. You got that great kill in the in the, the shower. Yeah. Really oh, man. Well. The pitchfork kill. Yeah. Dude. Mm-hmm. It really is unsettling to yeah. watch. It's awesome. Also, like the the kill where the guy gets a knife stabbed in the top of his head, uh-huh. and his, he's got like the white eye, like Undertaker eyes uh-huh. that roll back. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. And the 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 pool kill in that uh-huh. too. Like that movie, honestly, Prowler is not 
that good. It's no. it's totally like a C plus full of movie, great kills though. But God, there's some great kills yeah. in it. There really, really, really is worth watching just for that alone. But you yeah, can totally sure. watch it and fast forward. And also, at the end, whenever you do finally find out who the killer is, and then that headshot that happens, among the greatest headshots in movie history. You remember that? No, dude, they're like wrestling, and uh-huh. they got a, there's a shotgun involved. Oh right, yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, that is great. Yeah, it's up there with Maniac. Like, yeah, it's a for great. Sure. There's like two fruit flies flying around in here, and they've been here all day, and they're driving me in fucking sane. Well, you probably should stop storing all these kiwis in here. <laughs> is that the problem? Yeah, I just got some old tomatoes here in the corner. I thought they might come in <laughs> handy later. I don't know. Just a bunch of kiwi skins and old tomatoes. I don't get it. Well, usually what I do is is whenever I'm teaching guitar lessons uh-huh. on Skype here in front Slice of the computer. Up a kiwi. Well, I usually keep a a uh, small Tupperware bin of mm-hmm. tomatoes and I just mash them with my feet. Oh yeah. It's very therapeutic. I bet. The acidity from the tomatoes is really great for my cuticles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it keeps my feet nice and moist and supple. Do it, yep. And I just kind of squash them and mash them. <laughs> it's usually pretty okay. I don't think anybody notices. Sometimes though you fall and you're like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> grape stomp lady. Grape stomp lady. Kate can't stand that. Yeah. Right? That's like instant repellent. <laughs> she can't She can't listen to grape stomp lady. It hurts too bad. That's the one thing that makes her feel empathy. Dude, grape stomp is a classic. It is. It's a oh, classic. Oh, man. That was a good one. What's another good whodunit um, here? Man. I'm going to say Silver Bullet. Silver Boulet. That's yeah. based on a, a Stephen King story, isn't it? It is. It is. And uh, it's got uh, Corey Haim in it. It's got a Gary Busey in it, doesn't got it? got a Gary Busey in it. Corey Haim's in a wheelchair, and Gary Busey builds him like a like a motorcycle wheelchair. That he does. It kind of looks like the chair that is coming towards uh, the wizard kid in Dream Warriors. Yeah. Kind of looks like that. Kind of like that. Um, it's a strange movie. Yeah, and it's werewolf. a stretch to say a who. It's a who done it entirely because it's a who's the werewolf. It's a who's the werewolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like a much more interesting version of who's the boss. I think. <laughs> Yo, Angela. <laughs> oh, it's Angela. <laughs> Silver Bullet's pretty cool. The I will say though. The werewolf looks like shit in that movie. He does. It it's does. a half-assed werewolf costume <laughs> for sure. You gotta go whole ass if you're making a werewolf. Whole costume. ass werewolf, man. Mm-hmm. There's some cool stuff in there though. Yeah. Like I would say it's an enjoyable watch. It overall. is. It's a good story. I'm not gonna tell you it's like one of the best werewolf movies ever made or anything like that, but it's got Gary Busey in it. I just so. killed one of the fruit flies in your beer cup, so your so water I'm cup. I'm be drinking a fruit fly. This is no longer vegan, I guess. <laughs> So uh, your water cup is now your next Sweet. beer cup. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. R.I.P. R.I.P. Water cup. R.I.P. Beer cup. <laughs> um, yeah, Silver Bullet worth a watch though. What about one of our favorite movies of all time? It's called The Motherfucking Thing. What? That's kind of a stretch to call it a whodunit, but I think it's a great whodunit. It is a whodunit. I mean, because you don't know the entire time. Who is an alien, uh, uh, I guess, attempt at replicating. Like, I love in the thing how the alien, like, fucks up at replicating things. Yeah. Because it doesn't understand aesthetics. Yeah. Exactly. And it kind of makes stuff that looks like those fucking weird Google Dream images. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, I love the thing so yeah, much. We, we will be doing the thing for sure. Absolutely. That's one of the that all-time is, greats. Yeah, one of the best of all time. Total heavyweight cast. We haven't done a Carpenter cast. movie in a long time. We haven't. Shit, what was the last one? Was it like Ooh, Mouth of Madness? No, surely no. not. That's Vampires? been forever ago. 
Oh. Yeah, I think that was the last that one. Was, that was November. And th- no vampire. That was no vampire. And it was not that good. No, no. We, we really got to get a better John Carpenter movie. What, Christine, what you, The Thing. How about They Live? They Live. What's like, other than Halloween 1, what's your favorite Carpenter? Or maybe you got one you like better than Halloween 1. Uh, In the Mouth of Madness is my favorite. but yeah. uh, Mouth of Madness is awesome. I really, I, I think They Live is probably the live, most dude. relevant yeah. today. It's just cool. Yeah, it It's really just is. a cool concept. And man. that, that five-minute-long fight between Keith best. David and Rowdy Roddy Piper is so awesome. It's just like, oh, this is still happening. Yeah, it just keeps <laughs> going, man. Yeah. I fucking love that movie. Yeah, uh, The Thing, though, is just a phenomenal special effects yeah. movie. Did Rick Baker do special effects? I don't know. I feel like I should know that, but yeah. I want to say it's Rick Baker. Let's give it to Rick Baker. Yeah. Woo! Way to go, Rick. Huge cast, amazing score. Uh-huh. It's got so many things I like in a horror flick. That's one of my all-time favorites right there. I mean, it's got everything you need. Yeah. And Isolation. A uh, weird creature. Kurt Russell. Uh, is Keith David in that? Keith David's Keith in that. David one? and Kurt Russell and I mean, Wilford Brimley and Wilford Brimley. Uh huh. Wow. Diabetes. That is all. You, diabetes is all you need. And a bottle of J and B and a sassy chest playing computer. Have you seen computer? the uh the? It's not a remake. I the guess pre- the prequel thing. The prequel one. Yeah. No, I have not. Is it good? It, it, it's not the thing. For it came sure. out like two thousand something, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's not the thing, but it has Mary uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. So okay, yeah. I, I cool uh, points. Yeah, I'll watch it. Um, I found it interesting, especially uh, because all the uh, all the characters primarily are uh, Norwegian, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't speak English. I, it's the people that are at the very really first of the movie most of the time. So you feel hmm. like. Flying you the wall. kind of feel like you're Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character where you don't exactly know what everybody's talking about and what's That's going on. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But it, it, it doesn't reach anywhere near the level no. of the thing. I've heard it's like mostly CGI in it. Yes. Yeah. That's something I don't fucking get, dude. Like when you have a movie yeah. that is known for some of the most unbelievable, amazing practical practical effects, effects yeah. then you make the sequel and it's all seed. But you know that's enough about Jurassic World. Let's hey. get back to talk about the thing. <laughs> but I don't understand that. It's like the thing obviously is one of the greatest special effects movies ever made, and yeah. then you're gonna replace it with CGI. Come on, yeah. dude. That's, but it is a great whodunit, and I love too that at the end you still aren't really sure. Yeah, you're not sure what like. Who's it? Yeah, yeah, you don't really know. Who is the thing? I know it's fucking the thing awesome. from outer space. You know, there's all kinds of theories and stuff uh-huh. about that. Yeah, you know, as far as like, is it Kurt Russell or is it a uh, fucking is it Keith David the Keith other David. guy? Yeah, you know which one is which? Because yeah. like, you can see Keith David breathe a little bit. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to not be breathing, but you can see a little bit of cold breath coming out of his nose, mm-hmm. a little bit. But then there's something about one of them is like wearing something metal. Or like has like a, a silver tooth or like a filling or something like that. Okay. And the thing can't replicate the metal. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like there's there's things like that going on where you're just like, okay, maybe that was just you know a little a little error yeah. in the wardrobe department or something. But 
Hmm. Awesome fucking movie. What about one of your least favorites, Urban Legend? Oh man, <laughs> that is that is classic for me of the exact reason I hate whodunits. Yeah, because that yeah. one, it's like you couldn't have possibly ever guessed who did it. No, and there's like no reason then for it to be a whodunit because like the entire idea is to get your audience to feel smart. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like that's that's how Law and Order is like uh so popular csi Mm -hmm. or things like that where uh the audience can pretty easily guess the next thing Uh but they don't know it for sure so they feel like they've accomplished something when they guess the right thing i think what you're saying is with a really well done whodunit there's an element of participation yeah you yeah. feel like you've been participating in it the whole time. It was with Urban Legend. It yeah. was just like, fuck you. We drew a name out of a hat, yeah. and it's this person. <laughs> we picked just uh, you, Rebecca Gayhart. You're the killer this yeah, time. <laughs> exactly. Even though you couldn't have done like all yeah. the stuff in this movie. No way you could have done this. There's no way you could have picked up Freddy Krueger <laughs> and put him in a trunk. Yeah. His lifeless body. Yeah, that one is a really badly done movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the motivation, everything yeah, about that. Yeah, none of it, none of it comes together. No, for me. like a good whodunit has to have good killer motivation. Yeah, it has to. Um, but I mean, a movie similar to Urban Legend. Yeah, but it came out very recently. Happy Death Day. I uh, didn't see that. You saw it though. Didn't I you? did, and I enjoyed it just fine. I don't think it's an amazing horror movie. It, it basically posits what if Groundhog Day were a horror movie and you had to solve that's pretty cool to me who the killer is yeah, it's pretty cool pretty cool uh and and it like it, it isn't one where you really could have guessed exactly who mm-hmm. it is okay though there are some some hints along the way uh you never get enough that you could have actually guessed who it is but at the same time that's not what that movie's all about really most of what it's about is uh, playing off of that Groundhog Day element where she's just doing the same thing over yeah. and over different ways each time. And yeah, yeah. there's some comedy to it, etc. And then at the end, they were like, oh, right, we need to have like a horror movie ending. Uh, uh, who did it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, it's way better than Urban Legend by right far. Yeah. yeah, it's been on my list of like stuff I need to watch because especially when any newer horror flick comes out that I hear is even halfway decent. Yeah. I get super stoked uh, to, yeah. to check it out. Want to see it, yeah. Now, I'll point out one that we've, we've mentioned already before our, our debut episode, Phenomena, uh-huh. also by Dario Argento. Mm-hmm. Is also a whodunit. Also a whodunit movie. And... Uh, I love Phenomenon. I think that movie's fucking awesome because it is so just unabashedly strange. There was nobody, nobody on set on the entire crew pumping the brakes, being like, "No, I don't know. This is kind of weird, Dario." Like (laughs) nobody was, you know, throwing the red flag on anything. You would never have guessed who did it at the end. Like. You do think you know it. Yeah. And and you do kind of know who who is at the center of it. Well, these damn fruit flies just kamikaze his ass in my damn beer. Holy shit. Two down. Apparently, all that we needed to do to get rid of these things is have a damn drink in here. <laughs> Look at that. Sorry. Uh, but Phenomena, like, you wouldn't have guessed exactly who the killer is, but that that's not the important thing in Phenomena. Yeah. It's when you get the reveal of the killer's face. Exactly. And then see him in action, a killing, being all it's crazy, very like. frightening. 
that movie is just full of fucking weird stuff. Yeah. Because like if somebody asks you to describe phenomena in like one sentence, you could be like, it's the one where the girl talks to bugs. It's a prequel to Labyrinth. Yeah. Or it's the one where the killer's a little boy with a fucked up fish face. Uh-huh. Or it's the one where uh, Dr. Loomis has a chimpanzee that cares for him. Does. And he's kind of Irish. He's kind of Irish. Like, yeah. there's just so much that you can say about that movie. Yeah, it's that one with the girl with the sick Bee Gees T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one with "We worship you." We worship you. They're really bad at insults. Terrible at insults uh-huh. in that. Yeah, that's a strange movie, but I really like it. That's actually uh, one of my one of my more favorite Dario Argento movies. Yeah, I think. no, it's really well, and it, it's. Uh, as far as Argento movies go, it's real weird, but weird in like the sense that he intended it to be weird. Not I think so. Weird accidentally. You know what the thing is though? <laughs> I think that Dario probably thought that was a very normal movie. Yeah, he was like, I'll do one for them. And yeah. Then, you know, fifteen for me. Yeah, exactly. Like I feel like maybe even opera is him trying to make trying to be weird, which makes it more normal than usual. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I could see that. But him just making a movie that he's like, this makes a sense. It's like making the pizza. You put you put the dough down. You put sauce on the dough. The dough is the girl talking to the insect with the telekinesis. <laughs> the sauce is the Donald of Pleasance. <laughs> he have a chimpanzee take care and of And that's him. the cheese. And the cheese is the little fish face, a boy. <laughs> and then... You make a de pizza. You make a dip. Make a de pizza. I that. think because I knew we were doing an Italian movie, I had a spaghetti for. for did you? Yeah. I. That's crazy. I. Had, I had earlier. I had spaghetti. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Did you go with a a, a pre-made sauce rig? No, I I made uh, I made you? a sauce. Damn! Look at you. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I had some time. What'd you put in that? Oh, sauce things. Sauce stuff? Yeah, tomatoes. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, that's a, a good start. Is a basil. That a, is that a San Marzano rig, or is that like somebody from a garden tomato? Uh, San Marzano. Yeah. yeah. Those are the best. They are. Honestly, if you're making if you're making pasta sauce... That's what you're supposed to use. Use canned tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Don't use fresh tomatoes. No, it'll be all watery and acidic yeah. if you use fresh, man. Yeah. That's you're how wasting it is. everybody's time. I used a jarred thing, but it was... I can't remember what brand it was, but it was good. It was like an organic... Uh, Prego. Like yeah, it was a Prego, it was called. Ragu. Ragu. Very expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was like a like a vodka sauce. Oh, okay. But it actually wasn't terribly vodka saucy. It tasted more just like a good marinara. It's good. I just love fucking noodles. I like to get vodka sauced. Hey. All right. Let's see what you did there. Yeah. What about one whodunit that we watched really recently to cap this thing off here? What about, I'm talking about a deep cinematic experience from España, from the 70s, by the name of Pieces. Basta! Basta! <laughs> God, what a fucking weird Pieces movie. Pieces is real weird. Pieces fits right into the Jello whodunit tradition. Yeah. Where we, you know, we kind of get a, you know, the, the man in the hat, gloves, mm. etc. type of thing. We, you know, don't know until the very end who it is. And it actually makes sense. Despite the fact that that movie is very weird. It is um, extremely weird. Uh, the reveal <laughs> isn't that strange. Not really. The reveal's kind of like, oh, okay. It's like, yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. <laughs> and then immediately after the reveal, <laughs> it's like, what the, the fuck just happened? corpse comes to life and rips the guy's balls off. And he dies. The end. The end. <laughs> that is such... A fucking weird movie. I think it's on Shutter right now. It is. 
I would highly recommend watching it Gotta in, watch in an altered state. Yeah, for real. I wouldn't watch it in a state of normality. Yeah. Watch altered states and then watch pieces. That might do it. Do you think Suspiria is a whodunit? It also is Suspiria a Giallo movie. Suspiria is Giallo, I think. But I mean, it's not a whodunit. Yeah. There is a mystery. There's a mystery. At the center of it. Yeah. But the answer of who done it is literally everybody except the main character. <laughs> yeah. Everybody done it. Pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much, man. I love Suspiria so much. Yeah, it's such a great movie. It's so badass, man. I'm excited for the the, the yeah, remake ish thing. I'm too. It's yeah. a reimagining. It's like the Wiz. The reimagining. Yeah, it is like the Wiz. Yeah. In that Diana Ross will be in it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that there's a lot of great ones uh, by other Italian directors that we've left off of this, oh, this list. Oh, yeah, but, absolutely. I mean, honestly, I've only really started watching Giallo stuff since we started doing the uh-huh. show. So get off my back, man. Hey, everybody. Get off my back. Off my back. Get off my back. What about Lamberto Bava? That's you. That's what you say. Yeah. Jesus you would say Christ. That. You assholes. Yeah. Get off of my back. That's it. Yeah. Podcast over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See you next lifetime. Oh, oh no. No. We got more to do. Yeah. yeah we we got to say more stuff, I guess. Well, you guys on the Facebook fan group uh, for the podcast at Dead and Lovely Horror Podcast, be sure to contribute your favorite whodunits as well. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about those on tell a us who did it. future episode. Actually, don't tell us who did it. Just tell us the whodunit title. I'll tell you who did is the fucking Russians. They did that's do confirmed. that. That's confirmed. Yeah, that's confirmed. 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 <laughs> 100%. Confirm. I think before we get into this movie, let's open up another beer scenario. What do we got here? All right, let's split this bad boy, huh? I got myself a... It's from the Destill Brewery. That's D-E-S-T-I-H-L. Oh. Destill. This is... What is this called? Ain't nothing normal. Okay. It's a tart New England style pale ale with boysenberry. Boysenberry, all Hoppy, right. Hoppy, juicy, tart. Just like Steve. Oh, I'm a tart. Oh, it's a collaboration. Combines some of the best attributes of Night Shift's hot forward beers with Destill's Kettle Sours. Okay, so this is like a, a, a tart, hoppy kind of good thing here. All right. Split this batch in two, blah, 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 blah. Okay, let's see what this is about. It's a 5.1 ABV and 22 IBU. Okay. So this should be quite a lot different than the last yeah, one. Yeah, which not was quite so bitter. Yeah, all of its stats were maxed out on that last yeah, one there. It was. Level 99. <laughs> that was like when you, you make a, a character on Madden. Yeah. And you're like, I'll just give them all 99. Give them all the stats. Now, I'm not typically a tartsman, a soursman. Do you like a sour? I do like a sour. I thought uh, that you did. But uh, sour can be bad. I've had many sure. that were bad. I had a few recently that I was like, you know what? This is tolerable because Andy, well, Andy Wood and our drummer uh-huh. Andy Campbell, they both like sours. And they had something the other night. Um, we went after the, the Raleigh show. We went to this place called Trophy. Okay. It was like a they make it a pizza. Oh, good. And they also brew it a beer. Dario Argento was in the back. Yeah, being normal. Just being normal. That's his normal thing. Yeah. And um, they had a beer that they made there called Teacher's Pet. That was an IPA. That was just holy shit, man. It was fucking amazing. Yeah. It was fantastic. It was so good, man. Sounds like a time. It was, and we had a good a pizza. <laughs> Let's find out about this thing. All right. Beep. I wonder if this is any good. I'm going to wait for your reaction here. At first, it was real sour. Kind of. Then it's not. Yeah. It kind of... The sourness goes away pretty quickly. I'm pretty okay with that. Yeah. Because that doesn't have, like... My complaints about most sours is that they have that, like, bile-like... Yeah. Where like, you feel like you're going to puke. 
Or like you've already puked. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, my mouth tastes like bile now. You know, I don't hate drink this at all. Tastes sweeter. It kind of has like a tartness the same way that, like, let's say like lemon juice or something does. Yeah. Where, or, or maybe like a Meyer lemon that's not quite so mm-hmm. acidic and harsh, you know? Yeah. I don't hate this. I could totally I drink don't this. Either. Yeah, it's refreshing. I wish they'd use schnozberries, though. Oh, yeah. The schnozberries mm-hmm. taste like schnozberries, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know that guy's married to Christina Hendricks? You say who? Yeah, the, the schnozberries guy from Super Troopers. Seriously? Is married to Christina Hendricks. Like, Christina Hendricks. Good job. I know. Good job her, too. I bet he's a nice fellow. Maybe he is. Maybe he got a huge old pecker on him. I, I mean, he, he might Maybe have a he huge does. old pecker. Yeah. If he does, and that's what she's into, then I hope that that is the case. I wish them a bright wow, future. Wow, man. What if that's not what she's into? What if she is like, it's just too big? Yeah. <laughs> just, you know. Schnozberry's guy packing we too can't much get en- can't get enough lube. Yeah. Breaks just my pelvis. Breaks my pelvis. <laughs> Ouch. Oh. <laughs> Guess I'll just go sit on a cake somewhere instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, is this the first time you've seen Oprah? Yes. And uh, it might be the last time. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. I mean, it's it's not that uh, it's not that I absolutely hate it, yeah. but I just don't see myself ever being like, I want to watch opera again. I can see that. I watched I it uh, two and a half times for this, and I think that's it's enough. about enough. Yeah. So I had seen this, um, I actually think it was like right whenever we started the podcast, uh-huh. um, and we had talked about doing some Argento stuff, I was like, all right, I'll go ahead and watch a few of them so I can get familiar. Mm-hmm. So I watched, uh, all in a row, I watched Phenomena, Suspiria, Opera, Inferno, something else. It wasn't Tenebrae, I haven't seen that. Uh-huh. And it wasn't Girl with the Crystal, or uh, uh, Bird, with the, Bird with the Crystal Plumage, it wasn't that one, it was some other one of his. So I kind of went on a spree of them. So a couple of these kind of blended together in my mind because I watched them so close together. Uh-huh. Uh, but I remember liking opera pretty good the first time that I watched it. Of course, that was also when it was just completely, you know, the whole Giallo thing was totally new to me and stuff. Yeah. So this would be like the second time that I watched it. I just watched it once for the show. Mm-hmm. So I was so busy last week. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of odd because it's not as... <laughs> That's putting it mildly. Yeah. It's it, kind of odd. It's not as just like purely visually um, stunning as something like yeah. Suspiria. I mean, nothing is really. And it's also not as just full tilt, wacky, weird, what the fuck is going on as phenomena. Yeah. It's kind of in an awkward middle spot, isn't it? It is, and, it, and that and that is to his disadvantage. I think Dario yeah. Argento is at his best when he's either being... Like, going for just visual murder, yeah, basically. just make it fucking pretty yeah. and weird looking. Or going as as wacky and weird as he can. Yeah, exactly. Like a girl who talks to Bug. Yeah. And this movie has hints of some of his really weird stuff that we'll talk about. Yeah. But it's also just kind of covered in general Argento-isms. <laughs> and it's one of those things where once you've seen, like, maybe two of his movies, you can start to pick up on a lot of these things that he tends to put into a lot of his movies. That he just, always has a lot to say about women. He tends to. Specifically, little brunette women. Yeah. He tends to like them. I he think he, does. He even made one. <laughs> he did make yeah. a little brunette woman. He did. He made mm-hmm. one. Asia Argento out there. Shout out. Ass, Shout out. Name. I'm sure she's listening. <laughs> so, 
For one, you've got his uh, use of dubbing. Pretty much everything in this time period in mm-hmm. Italia and Spain and stuff was yeah. was dubbed. And we talked about this before that people on set just speak their own language or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then he dubs it. And so it's like you could just show up and like not have any idea yeah. what's going on. Yeah, you could just show up and go blah 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 and blah. He's like, yeah, no, we'll fix it in post. No yeah. problem. It'll be dubbed because uh-huh. they were they weren't even shooting sound. I mean, they weren't recording yeah. sound at all. Yeah. So everything in in this movie is dubbed, like a lot of his other flicks. And sometimes, like with Suspiria, it's not it's not a bad dub in that. No. I mean, it's obviously noticeable. And strange. I think most of the actors in Suspiria speak English. Yeah. As their first language. Yeah. A but, lot of it in uh, phenomena don't. Yes. So it's, and it's pretty obvious. I don't know if anybody in this movie does except for yeah. the, the director. Yeah. I'm yeah. unsure about that too. The dub in this one is pretty fucking bad. Yeah. The little girl is especially hilariously oh, badly dubbed. <laughs> and the, the cop guy I'm was... I'm so uh, proud of you, Betty. <laughs> Dude. And then like the cop guy that shows up... Oh, man. At her apartment or whatever... Uh-huh. His dubbing is really good. Real great. That's the <laughs> that's what you want to hear. Is that type of dubbing. Um He's got his love of shiny metal. He does and and that's I mean that is a, that's a big thing in all giallo films is the the shiny knife yeah, or the whatever. Yeah, the glinting knife, yeah. Uh I think specifically he tends to like scissors. He does a like lot. a scissor. Yeah, he likes yeah. a real shiny scissor. And this uh, uh and this one the killer had this weird like spade like uh-huh. blade that he used. Yeah, to- real wide blade yeah i'm unsure what kind of cheese you use that on hmm brie head cheese oh head cheese <laughs> okay i got it i got it lots of weird close-ups yeah he likes uh like i mean it, it works in a lot of uh ways like the close-up of the raven's eye in this I think works. Yeah. I want to be able to smell the pizza when you see the pizza. <laughs> Just get as close to that pizza. To as the possible. pizza. Uh, but yeah, it, the raven eye that starts yeah. to flick off and stuff is actually pretty fucking cool. It is. And he go he goes back to that a few times uh throughout opera. But then he also focuses on like little shiny crappy fake jewels on on the costume thing, on the right? On the costume. And yeah. I don't get that. No. No, there's definitely some questionable. Yeah, like why are you showing us this? Yeah, what is this? I don't, I don't get that whole costume section. We'll get to that later. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, he he likes shiny metal. He um, loves metal. Period. He does. He loves metal music, which I think is is badass. That is awesome. That and is there's awesome. times that it's that it's cool. Like I love the Phenomena soundtrack. Yeah, the Phenomena soundtrack great. is dope. Mm-hmm. But something that is is also kind of a thing in a lot of his flicks, and it's in Phenomenon, it's definitely all over this too, is where his idea of soundtrack is like, let's buy the rights to like two songs and play them a bunch of times yeah. in the movie as if it was like a theme to the movie. And then, at a certain point, we'll sneak in Rick Astley. We'll sneak in a little Never, never gonna, gonna Give You Up. Never never gonna gonna which, down. by the way, of all the songs in the movie, is the most relevant to the theme. <laughs> And it barely, is. You can barely hear it. Yeah, when it plays. it's a little bit more relevant than the other songs by Steel Grave, <laughs> who I assume is n- they're not native English speakers because the lyrics to their be, songs dude. are very obviously translated from another language. Yeah, they they absolutely must be. Yeah, and the rest of the soundtrack too. You know, like some of it is by Claudio Simonetti, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. AKA Goblin. Yeah, but not the whole score because a lot of this is just. 
classical music. Yeah. And the interesting thing about the soundtrack in this too is that most of the music that you hear in the movie is actually taking place on screen. Like there's there's a word for that where the characters in the movie are hearing the music too. Yeah. I can't remember what it is. It's a good word, though, I'm sure. It's a great word. We need more words. I mean, we need somebody with the best words. Somebody with the best words that he can just sit down with a leader of another nation yeah. in a private meeting uh-huh. and never ask him, hey, you might want to extradite those people who maybe meddled in our election. I don't know. I didn't even think about it. Whoa. Huh. 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 I'm an orange clown. <laughs> But the metal in this is sometimes quite overbearing. Yeah, sometimes it just like comes on too strong. Yeah, and like, there's parts hey, like that metal, in Phenomena maybe too. Second date, just yeah. Wait for the second date. Like here. I want to say that there's that part in Phenomena where I want to say it shows Jennifer Connelly and she's like walking, uh, being led by that like lightning bug. Uh huh. And it just comes in like it's real like Iron hard. Maiden. Yeah. I think yes, yeah, mm. Flash of the Blade by yeah. Iron Maiden. It's just like okay, this is a little weird. Uh huh. And in this one, the metal especially is mainly the only music that isn't heard by the characters in the movie yeah, for the most part. Yeah, because all, all the other stuff is, is Verdi. Yeah. And we get, we get uh, a lot of 19th century Italian opera. Yeah, the mm. old stuff, the mm. good stuff. And, uh, yeah, a lot of times the metal music in this is used to, to particularly show a really jarring scene like a kill or something like that and make it more intense. Yeah. But it is pretty fucking distracting, especially because it has, like, lyrics and vocals. and yeah. That tends to make stuff a lot more. Yeah, it would it would be better to just have some instrumental over a kill. I would think so. Yeah. It also has another great uh, Dario Argento trademark of like, hey, I let's just this. have one part where there's random narration by the main yeah, character. No narration up to this point. No narration after it nope. again. Just just that one part. I'm waking up from a dream in which I <laughs> like. We know that. What is the point of this, dude? I, I don't know. And I guess, though, in this one, it, there is a follow-up uh, narration at the end where she's like, I like clouds. Oh, that's true. She I does like narrate trees. herself at the end. That's right. I'm not like other people. Holy shit, the end of this movie is fucking crazy. It's weird. It is yeah. crazy pants crazy. And, um, yeah, that also happens in Phenomena, too, where it's like, and so Jennifer Connelly arrived <laughs> and from the from the new world, blah blah blah. The new world. Yeah. And it's like two lines of narration, uh-huh. then never again the yeah. whole movie. And this also has another huge Argentoism in that it is quasi autobiographical. Uh-huh. There's a lot of stuff that he snuck into, especially his early movies, like yeah. like the story of Jennifer Connelly's parents and phenomena about how like her uh was it her mother left on Christmas Day? Uh-huh. Like, that actually happened to Argento in his past. Okay. Um, there's one of the other movies that was inspired by something. I think, like, Tenebrae was inspired by something that happened with, like, an obsessive fan stalking him or something like this. Oh. So he sneaks in autobiographical stuff all the time. And in the case of this movie, it comes from the fact I that... I put my life into the pizza. I put the pizza into my movie. <laughs> the pizza is my life in the movie and the pizza. Uh, so, yeah, in this one particularly, he, he uh, directed an unsuccessful... Uh, version of Verdi's Macbeth. Yeah, and this is after he'd been established as a yeah. horror movie director. Yeah, and apparently he wanted to like really kind of like spice up the production with a bunch of like violence and nudity, mm-hmm. and if, and they if, just nobody wanted to see it. If it's anything like uh, the version in this movie, it 
apparently is set during World War II. It seemed that way. Yeah. The set designs for, really for the play were sick. I love the yeah. big like skull in the sky uh-huh. and stuff. It I was don't pretty know dope. what that had to do with Lady Macbeth. Absolutely fuck all. <laughs> but I feel like, too, you know, this is definitely a reaction to the fact that he wanted to branch out and do something different. And mm-hmm. all of, you know, all the critics and stuff are like, no, 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 you should just stick to horror movies and stuff. Yeah. Obviously, that's what the director character in this movie is doing the whole time. And the yeah. critics are uh, critiquing him and stuff, telling him he should just stay in doing horror movies. And then I even feel like the fact that, you know, again, he wanted to make his uh, stage production all violent and bloody and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the the killer in this forces uh, Betty, is that her name? Uh-huh. Forces Betty to watch. Like, her yeah. eyes are uh, forced open. You know, she can't close them with those needle those contraptions. Needle, yeah, if which she would, blinks, the needles will which go wouldn't her. really. It wouldn't really work It wouldn't, no. And there's several times where she accidentally blinks, and it's obviously totally. not a problem. Yeah, um, but it looks really sick. But I even, yeah. I even feel like the fact that He's like, no, you will watch this yeah. violence. Yeah, he said it yeah. came from a joke that he wanted to force people's eyelids open whenever he sees them watching his movies and shutting their eyes at the oh, scary wow. parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he was very well known for just being like a total gore and violence yeah. hound. Which, of course, you look back at most of his movies and they don't seem that violent Pretty now. Pretty tame but. it seems, but I mean... There's a particular kill in this movie Holy that shit, is not dude. tame at all. And, you know, even in Suspiria, I mean, damn, they show, like, a, a open, beating heart being yeah, stabbed. That's pretty what brutal. The fuck? That's pretty brutal. So I feel like this movie is definitely a reaction to his critics telling him what he should and, and shouldn't do, which yeah. has to be very, very frustrating. I and mean, there's even the scene of the, the director's girlfriend reading the reviews. Oh, and yeah. all of them are basically negative toward the director. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say that the director character is just basically Dario Gento in this? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I would say he he saw himself exactly as that character. And, and he uses that character to get across some of his own ideas mm-hmm. about, you know, directing, etc. But also, for some reason, about um, uh, opera singers... Uh, <laughs> Divas. Are, they love to have sex. Apparently. Yeah. I didn't know that that was a, a thing. Yeah. And also, I guess directors love to, to jerk off before yeah. they film scenes. I guarantee you that. that That's probably a, that, a thing. That smacked of truth. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's probably a thing. That's a thing he does. I'm almost positive. How do you feel like the Hold themes... Hold on. I have, before I make it a pizza, I have to go <laughs> jerk on my dick. I have to punch at a clown. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about the themes of... Uh, obviously, you know, Macbeth is the is the mm-hmm. play that they're putting on in yeah, the movie. This is, this is based off of uh, uh, Verdi's Macbeth, mm-hmm. which is based off Shakespeare's Bill Macbeth. Shakespeare. Oh, Billy Shakespeare. Which is... This is interesting. My wife and I noticed this while watching it. Shakespeare's only mentioned once in this movie. Really? <laughs> they talk about Macbeth and Verdi's Macbeth yeah, a yeah. lot. Hmm. Like the the Italians are like, hey, Shakespeare had something to do with it, but Verdi, he's Verde. the one. Oh, he take it to Shakespeare. Really? <laughs> he make, he make a pizza. pizza. <laughs> this beer is pretty good. Like, Yeah, I like it. The more I'm drinking it, the more it has just like a nice... It yeah. smooths out. Like after yeah. you had a couple of those sort of shocking sour drinks, it starts to just taste kind of sweet. Well, it kind of reminds me of like the, the sourness level of it is about like cranberry juice cocktail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, yeah, it's a, it's a little tart. I love cranberry juice. 
as do I, mm. with a little vodkas in there. Oh, that's a good thing to put yeah. in there. Well, Cape Cod. Mm-hmm. I'm very okay with that. Cape Cod. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> this movie also is is definitely channeling some Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, Phantom of the Opera had been around for a long time been before there a this minute. came out. But particularly Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera mm-hmm. came out in uh, October of 1986, a year before this. Oh, really? So I, I think... I don't think he was trying to cash in on a fan of the opera, but he was definitely like, oh, good. I can do this idea I've had of a guy who's basically stalking. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many elements of it that are Phantom of the Opera. There's, uh, you know, the Phantom of the Opera has that famous chandelier. Yeah, scene. the chandelier. And in this, this, yeah. this it's, a, it's a light that falls during her performance. Mm-hmm. Um, the there's obviously the mask covering the one side of his face sure in this uh the killer gets one eye plucked out and then he's like no i don't oh. want you to see me like this i look yeah, like a yeah, monster yeah he does that's right that's yeah. right yeah uh and he has uh, he has the <laughs> the killer when he first shows up he's like looking through the binoculars at her and he's like uh he says something like oh it is her I couldn't it, understand like a lot of his dialogue, and, yeah. and my DVD copy doesn't have subtitles. It reminded me of The Mummy. I thought for a little bit like <laughs> she was going to be the reincarnation of another opera or like singer. like Bram Stoker's or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I thought that was going to be... Like, this movie had me... Like, I had I you th- guessing all over the place. had me guessing a lot, because I, I thought that the main... Uh, Betty, I thought she was going to end up being the killer. Yeah, okay. That That's something I was going to ask you, is yeah. was this a whodunit mystery for you, or did you have it figured out? Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't suspect the police officer, really. Okay. Like, I did, because like he, he's just so creepy and weird. In your version, did he have an American accent? Yeah. Okay. I watched two different versions of it. In one, he has an American accent, and in another, he has just a strange English accent. Really? Yeah. Very, Interesting. Very odd. In mine, he had a very low, gravelly voice, and I couldn't, I couldn't decipher most of his dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, didn't ha- he didn't have a whole lot to but say. But you're saying you thought that even in the parts where, you know, because all the kill scenes in this, it's it's Betty getting like tied up to a pole or something. Yeah, and I, what I was open. thinking was that was her imagining herself being tied up while the killer inside of her gets to do the killing. Yeah, and, and then she's she like, would realize at the end, like, oh, I am the killer, and she's like being forced to watch yeah. from a third person perspective. Mm-hmm. That would actually be cooler. That would be a better ending, I think. And to you, this. you could even make it. You could even make it work with the weird, like, kind of psychosexual subtext of, like, she saw her mother who used to like to get tied up and watch people get murdered. Yeah, by this guy, yeah. the killer. It's like you could even work that into where she it's She watched like, in the mirror, which to me has, like, a... That has some sort of psychological resonance to it that maybe it was her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, she's she's using this reflection as a, a way of distancing herself yeah, from it. Yeah, it's not but, me. Yeah, 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 but it is. And, and that he kind of cool. says that, that, that he was killing for her. Yeah. And he ended up killing her because she got too... She wanted him to kill too much. Yeah, exactly. Um, it would have made sense for it to be Betty the whole time. Like yeah. you said, she's seeing herself third-person perspective and stuff. That actually would have been... 
really cool and I think a, a better twist. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't have worked out perfectly because obviously one person dies while she's on stage singing yeah, the opera. Yeah, that wouldn't, that wouldn't work. Yeah, which... Unless it was just pure accident. Yeah, yeah. But that would have been, a, I think, a better twist to the end of this than the police inspector guy. Cause I just thought he was weird and creepy the entire time. I didn't yeah. find it to be that much of a that much of a surprise. I mean, speaking of, though, uh, how she seems to just be involved in all of these deaths, yeah. but not be affected by them really okay. at all. Okay, all right. Let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about that. Jeez. What is it like to live in Argento's movies? Because the Argento world is a very strange place to mm. be where... Uh, and I think we mentioned this on Phenomena, maybe, but I feel like Dario Argento is some sort of like alien that mm-hmm. landed here on Earth and is just trying desperately to blend in. And he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, this this is how people act, uh, <laughs> right? Like they see people get murdered and show no response whatsoever, yeah. or like they, you know, if you're the case of that dressmaker lady." You walk in in the middle of a murder going on, and you start acting like it's some kind of a fucking game. Yeah, like it's like a like a keep away game. This is from a the fun killer. game where we keep this bracelet away from you. Oh, you can have it. Yeah, or you witness a murder, and then, you know, you go see your director, and you're like, "Let me dry my hair first. Yeah, I just need to dry my hair. Yeah, before I can like she she doesn't tell anybody about what she just fucking saw. She the world kills Argento a police is officer. Weird. Yeah, yeah. She kills, she murders a man. <laughs> and it's no big deal. No. She just walks out, leaves. And here's the thing is like, initially, whenever I watched this movie, uh, well, you know, for the second time mm-hmm. for the show, that was my first thought in my head is I was like, this chick has no reaction to seeing these cold, fucked up murders. No. But, and especially this makes sense when you see the end of the movie. I think part of that is because she's fucked up. She is very, she she has like some real major issues. Yeah. And I think it's because as a kid, she watched people get murdered all the time. So to her, this isn't a big deal. Or maybe yeah. even this is just like something that people do for sexy time. Like, I think that that's kind of the big reveal of this yeah. movie is that. She is not, like a lot of characters in Giallo flicks, like a normal person thrust into weird circumstances. No, she's a weird person in weird circumstances who is not impressed by them. Yeah, exactly. She's like, ah, I've seen more fucked up stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've seen I think my so mother voluntarily get tied up. And watch people get murdered. A, a, this dude murder a woman. Man, alive. There are... Oh, somebody got a text. Hey, look at you, Mr. Uh, Popular. <laughs> There are there are numerous reasons to believe that she is definitely like the the point of this movie is to, to like delve into her fucked up psyche, but it never it doesn't go into it. Yeah, and and you know don't get me wrong, like I'm all for stories leaving stuff a little bit understated and leaving yeah. stuff unsaid and leaving stuff for you to think about, like even the fact that. You know, there, there's a lot of emphasis on her, like, sexuality in the movie and stuff. Like you said, yeah. there's a lot of stuff about, like, oh, I thought divas like to have sex a lot and stuff. And then, like, later on in the movie when she's banging her boyfriend, the stage manager guy. She says she can't. Yeah, she's like, she, she can't get off and stuff. Like, she's not good at sex. Yeah. And that's because she is like her mother. She's like, oh, nobody's getting murdered. This is kind of boring. Yeah. I was a little confused by what she meant 
by I can't like obviously they had gotten to the point where they were having sex so she wasn't yeah. saying I can't like uh, I don't yeah I have I moral mess obligation up my voice. I can't do it yeah yeah um but like it seemed like like okay let's say she can't orgasm yeah. how does that make her a lousy lay mm-hmm. like it's not her fault yeah well but the thing I is, is she doesn't seem to understand that it's 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 because yeah. She you know, wants somebody to be murdered in front of her while she yeah, exactly. is tied up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I think that that's kind of an interesting thing about this movie too, is like, is that also part of why whenever she's watching all these people get murdered, she didn't have much of a reaction is because was she liking it? She, I'm, I don't she, know. She doesn't make any effort to stop it. Exactly. Like she, she worries about the killer getting her. Yeah. But, she doesn't seem worried because like if you were worried about other people's safety you'd go to the cops and be like this is what happened yeah this is what i saw uh-huh. you should work at stopping this instead yeah. she's like yeah, i'll just keep it to myself yeah now, who needs to know i'll just go sleep in my studio tonight it's not that big of a deal uh-huh. which if that's the case if it's like she's watching these and, and participating and being forced to participate in these horrible awful things because yeah. the killer knows she wants it there might be some real fucked up subtext here that I don't really enjoy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but I, it's not really made clear in the movie. It isn't. At no. all. No, it's never made clear. Um, it is made clear at a certain point that Argento sees himself as the killer as well. Because the killer twice comes out from behind the camera. Like okay, he's not yeah. That's a good behind point. Anything except yeah. that the camera's there. Yeah, because there's a part where it, it's in her dressing room at the very end. Yeah. And like she's in her dressing room, and then is it the, the director, director comes yeah. in? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. Like the killer steps out from literally behind the camera. Behind the camera. There was nothing there to hide behind. And that happens another time, too, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, when he stabs that guy and it goes through his, his uh, jaw and you yeah. see it in his mouth. P.S. I'm pretty sure that that was just a part of a snuff film. I think they actually murdered a guy. That that is one of the most brutal kills I've ever it seen is. because it seems so real. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that that's not a special effect. You don't really see often in horror movies people trying to block the knife. That's the worst. Which is part what for me. happens yeah. in real life. Yeah, dude. Anytime that you see. You know, crime scene photos of like a yeah. stabbing victim, like th- the hands are yeah. are mutilated to because you try to block it from yeah. getting to you. Yeah, and, and that's that's what they do in this scene. And oh yeah, and, and you know, it's like that that kill scene too is just, I mean, balls to the walls, mm-hmm. nuts. Because like you said, it starts off with killer just steps out of nowhere, and he gets that knife thrust up through the the underside of his jaw. And you see, see the knife come mouth. up through his mouth, which is also something we saw in Phenomena as well. Yeah, that's true. Is you know where the girl gets the knife cut through her through her mouth from the back. Uh, so that's also kind of an Argento trademark, I guess. But then, yeah, you're right, man. The, the scenes where it is just POV of the killer stabbing and stabbing, and the hands trying to block the knife, and there's blood everywhere. It's actually. I mean, just phenomenally gruesome. That's one of the hardest, like, stabbing yeah. deaths in a movie, period. Yeah. It's brutal. Because it right seems after, real. Right after that, though, we also get some classic Dario Argento lines. Like what? It's not true you're frigid. You're a bitch on heat. <laughs> That's where the killer's kind of, like, touching her midsection. Yeah. 
You're a, a bitch, bitch on heat. On heat. Uh-huh. I wonder what that means. I don't know. He's always dirty talking her, the maniac. He's always yeah. like being filthy toward her. But like he But he's doing it kind of wrong. He's doing it very strangely. Yeah. Like the things he says, like they I don't know. And also like he has his opportunity. This is where I actually thought at the beginning. Like, right after that brutal murder, yeah, I started to think, is this going to be a rape horror movie? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Um, and I wasn't excited about that prospect. No. Uh, but he has his opportunity to have his, his way with her. Yeah, never does. He never does, but he's always talking some, some lascivious shit. Yeah. What? Like, what? I don't understand. Because, like, we, we get later, he says that he... He uh, ended up killing her mother, strangling her mother to death because she got too greedy and wanted to kill too much. Yeah, and didn't want to bang him. And didn't want to bang him. That was the thing. She wouldn't let him touch her. So if that's his interest, like, a guy who murders doesn't have any problem with uh, raping. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. There might be some murderers out there. Hey, not all murderers. <laughs> Hashtag not all murderers. <laughs> so, like, is he is he just trying to fuck with her head, or is he really interested in having sex with her? It I don't seems know. like or he's just he trying really, to fuck with her. Or does he really like doing this service for a lady? <laughs> I just don't know. I, I don't understand. Yeah. It's very strange. Like, of all he the... He just loves killing in front... Like, if a woman needs to see someone die to get off, he loves to perform. Yeah, he's on board. Yeah. I'm down for that. All right. It's really odd. Like, of all the weird serial killer motivations that I've seen in movies over the years, yeah, this is it's among the, the strangest. Yeah. Among the strangest. And also, too, it just seems odd that, like, okay, because Betty in this, I assume she's, I mean, max 20, 21, probably yeah, more like 15 young. or so. And then he, he only looks like he's, like, 30, 35. Yeah. Like, was he, like, killing people for her mom when he was, like, 12? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, How? How is how is he this uh, youngish man? Yeah. How did he twenty years ago basically? Yeah. Also kill for this mom. I don't understand. I, I mean, that is a very very specific fetish. It is. I'm a lady who wants to have an underage boy murder people in front of me while I'm tied up and forced to watch. That's a interesting Craigslist. I mean, ad, I've man. heard of people getting desensitized from watching enough porn and stuff, but that is something else. And in the seventies, what porn was she watching that got her to that point? People wasn't even sitting on cakes back then. I know Debbie did Dallas. She didn't sit on cakes. Yeah, maybe if maybe if people would have been squatting down on the cakes, these kinds of things wouldn't have happened. That's true. Maybe cake sitting is what's saving us from people getting off on watching others murder. It might be. Thank you, cake sitting. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. <laughs> If anybody out there listening is a cake sitter, thank you. (laughs) I'm going to raise a toast to that. Raise a toast to the cake sitters. We're going to have another one by Six Point Brewery. This is their resin. Oh, it is is also in a skinny girl can Mm -hmm. or skinny boy can. It's 9.1% ABV and 103 IBU. I'm interested about this because, like, a lot of the. A lot of the IPAs that I've had that describe themselves as being kind of piney or resiny, uh-huh. I think is a great combination if it's nice and hoppy. I really yeah, like that. It can be. And if it's Clear. not, it can sure be, uh, what do you call it? 
a pine saw, like carbonated pine saw. Could be, could be. You want to just rinse that glass out with some of his waters real quick? I've had all my shots, I promise. You don't want to taint the flavor of this guy. Right, taint. Taint the flavor. Oh, it tastes like taint. Yeah. All right, let's see this. It's got a nice golden beer color. <laughs> Imagine That's a that. Good description. Yeah, it's a golden beer-like color. Yeah, I'd say beer-like is pretty accurate. What do you think about some of the other deaths in this flick? How about the dressmaker's death? Oh, man. How about the way that she looks like Tim Curry in Rocky Horror Picture Show? She does. Her haircut <laughs> is terrible. It's not Whoever doing any favors. her hair And is... her makeup. I mean, she just looks oh, like she looks like Frankenfurter, straight she up. She does. Um, Let's have a little toasty toast here. Let's find out about this thing. Yeah, her look, it's not really working for her. How's that treating you? Is it good? Oh, man. That is different. What is that? I'm pretty okay with that, whatever yeah. it is. It does taste kind of similar to the puff one. A little similar. Um, but it is kind of it is kind of different. I think it's a little less sweet. It is. If my less memory sweet, serves it's more, me. It's more piney, but it's also fruity. The aftertaste was really good. Rudy Tootie, fresh and fruity. I'm on board. Six points, man. You guys are doing good things. Way to go, six points. Send us more. Um... So yeah, the dress, the 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 uh, what is she? Costumer, costume uh, designer. Yeah. That whole kill and also kind of the subplot of that is is really strange because apparently, like on the very elaborate costume that Betty uh -huh. is wearing, somehow or another, the killer accidentally deposited this gold bracelet. Okay, what is okay? What happened? The gold bracelet. What okay, the fuck so is up with that? The killer, he is watching <laughs> Betty's performance. Opening night performance yeah. shown live on television. Uh-huh. Well, obviously. Because? You got you got your understudy on your opening night performance. That's when you want television cameras. <laughs> um, he, he's watching, and he zooms into her dress costume thing. And this is, like, this is why I thought this was going to be, like, the mummy. Yeah, like, yeah. I thought there was something on there that was like an amulet or something because he's oh, like wow. yeah, zooming yeah. in and like he he takes the knife out and he's like circling yeah. the screen, like uh -huh. circling that thing. Oh, yeah, knife. yeah. And he's watching the TV screen. That's yeah. right. That's right. And then he goes in uh, late at night, kills some ravens like a dick. Yeah. Um, And then also cuts up the... Cuts up the dress. The dress, but doesn't take anything, accidentally leaves a bracelet behind. Now, here's the confusing thing, because I just thought about this. Because it's revealed at the end of the movie that the killer is the one that pushed the main diva lady in front of the car. Yeah. So that Betty would be the, the, the lead. Uh-huh. But then he goes in and, like, slashes up her dress and kills a bunch of the birds like he's trying to sabotage the play. Yeah, and he that also counterproductive. He also says later that like uh I knew from the first time I saw you that you were perfect for the role. Yeah, like the he's trying to help her. The first time he saw her when she was like 5? Yeah. What? What? That doesn't make sense. Does he mean the yeah. first time I saw you now as an adult? Cuz that would be I don't know, he's stalking her. So when was the first time? He's just been stalking her. When it's did really he strange. ever stop seeing her yeah. and then see her again for it to be considered a first? Damn it, that's weird. I don't it's know. It's all like the whole plan. His whole plan doesn't make any sense. So in the process of slashing this dress, this dress up, mm -hmm. he accidentally deposits like a bracelet that like yeah. kind of fixes on one of the shiny beads or something on the dress. Mm -hmm. 
Betty and the dressmaker hanging out, and the dressmaker lady's like, oh, this is gold. I didn't put this on here. What is this? And uh-huh. she like pulls it off like a box knife or something. Yeah, weird way that she goes about cutting fabric. She pulls I mean, did, out a box cutter. Did the killer sew it into the fabric? Like, Also, real quick question. Is it important at all? As no. we never find out what it means See, that, beyond this scene. That's one of those things in this flick that does kind of drive me crazy because, okay, killer shows up. That beer is just interesting. I, I am, can't think of anything I, I can compare this to. Yeah, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. But he goes in and he's obviously trying to recover that bracelet because it's something important or some kind of vital clue that might give him away or something yeah. like this. It's so important that when the dressmaker accidentally somehow swallows it in a very unclear scene mm-hmm. he cuts through her chest and into her esophagus to pull it out yeah now here's the thing though is he does all that and you're like okay this thing must really mean something right. to him which is why he immediately then goes and drops it in a storm drain yeah i would think it would actually be better hidden in the belly of this corpse yep because why would they do like a complete stomach autopsy and stuff on this body that was obviously yeah. murdered? You know what I mean? In a physical way. Yeah, she saw how he was he did it. Yeah. So like case closed. Yeah. I, I don't understand the significance of that at all. At one point she's looking at it under like a a magnifying glass and it looks uh-huh. like it says like nineteen eighty three or something. Yeah. Which it, I guess it's like, oh, maybe that's the year Betty was born, but it's like big fucking deal. A lot of people were born in nineteen eighty three. Right. It's not like it says Also like, that's four years before the movie. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, I have no idea what that means. Uh, it, and it, it we never shall. No. And you just there was really no reason drops for it. it down a storm drain and that's literally all you ever find out about. Like it. if you cut that out of this movie entirely, wouldn't it wouldn't matter. change a Thing. No, wouldn't matter whatsoever. No, at all. Hmm. One guy gets uh, impaled on like a coat hanger to death. Yeah, that's pretty cool. He gets pretty cool. like back of the head to the. It, yeah. it was kind of a like early on. I thought the the killer was gonna be like a Jason Voorhees, like overly strong. Oh type. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that uh, doesn't really come back. <laughs> I mean, I think the stabbing kill is the best in the movie, but the one it's the most well known for is the fucking peephole gunshot. Oh, yeah. And that is awesome. It's phenomenal. It is great. Dude, the way that that is filmed is straight up. Like, Tarantino has ripped that off so many times. Mm -hmm. Where, like, basically you got... um, It's Betty's manager. Yeah. Played by Dario Argento's, at that point, recently divorced wife. Yeah. The mother of Asia Argento. And they just thought, man, listen, (laughs) we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, but... It's real important that you be in this movie. He said, if you be in this movie, it's like a being in the pizza. <laughs> it's like a being in the pizza. She said, okay, I be in the movie. I'll be in the pizza. <laughs> like, the, I can't imagine if you just got divorced being like, what's the script again? Okay. And so the, my role is to say a bunch of nonsense all the time and then get shot in the eye. Yeah. You could get someone else to do that, right? Yeah, because I don't want to be around you. No, we just got divorced. Divorced. Yeah. <laughs> that scene though is so sick. The killer's at the door, acting like he's a policeman or something. Yeah. And she puts her eye up to the peephole, and then you see the killer just raise that gun, and then you get it's like a shot of the bullet traveling through yeah. the peephole and like smashing through the glass. I don't know how they did it. It looked really good. Because like nowadays, of course, that'd just be CGI. Yeah. 
But back then, you're like, what did they do? Did they build like a big model of a giant bullet traveling through a tunnel? How did they do that shot? <laughs> I, I don't know. I hope that that's what they did. I do too. <laughs> I just hope there's a huge bullet somewhere. And then the weird thing is, though, is that it hits her in the head, and it's all in slow motion. It's fucking yeah. so sick. It hits her, and then the bullet continues to fly and also uh, smashes the phone, the phone uh-huh. blows the phone up, too. <laughs> Now that yeah, is make in, a lot of sense. that is you know here's the deal definitely second gunman or magic bullet theory. You think it was that little girl up in the air conditioning vent? I do now. She, she was like she's the one that shot JFK. Betty, I will save you. And then she shot JFK. <laughs> she did. Texas is a reason that the <laughs> president's dead. Man, I love that song. It's a good one. Misfits are great. Um, that so scene is fucking sick though. It is. It's, it's awesome. great. The, iconic, I mean, the kills iconic in this. Kill. Really great. The, well, the kills in this, dude, I think, honestly, are probably the best of any Argento film that I have seen. They're better than mm-hmm. the Suspiria kills. They're mm-hmm. better than the Phenomena kills. Mm-hmm. They're better than the Inferno kills. The kills in this are really fucking dope. Yeah. And I think he was definitely making a point of making them hyper-violent. And again, she's forced to watch. We're forced to watch. Mm-hmm. I think that that was definitely a feature of this movie, is hyper-violence. Yeah. And... I it it plays well. I like all of that about yeah. the movie. The movie really falls off when it comes to making any sort of sense <laughs> A or little bit. like uh any any character character or uh like element having any real significance. Significance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cuz the only thing significant is is that she's crazy and that doesn't get built up enough we don't get enough out of it so i don't know man let's talk about the ending a little bit please because it's the best part here's the thing so in the end of the movie the killer is barricaded himself in a room with betty he's got her tied to a chair and stuff she's blindfolded and He's missing an eye because a raven snatched it out of his head. Which that scene is, is, That's is cool. pretty sick. That's yeah, really the, cool. the director has this plan because like ravens remember everything they've seen, and so the ravens will attack the guy that killed the birds and stuff. So that that whole thing is batshit. By the way, it's, it's the day after the first. The it's only this is a two day <laughs> two day movie. It's the day after, and he says, "I don't know why I didn't think of it before." Before yesterday. When? When yeah. did you have thought what? about? <laughs> That's something that you, you were telling me about before we started recording here that I had not thought about. The time yeah. lapse of this flick is like overnight. Yeah, it's like just a day and a half. It all happens pretty fucking quick in the yeah. world of opera. Mm-hmm. I haven't thought about that. <laughs> the fast moving world of opera. Yeah. But yeah, like that, that huge raven cage like mm-hmm. crashes through in the middle of the play. Probably a more subtle way to get that done. Yeah, it was weird when the guy pushing it said, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> crashed it through the wall. <laughs> And um, so also, too, like that shot where the, you know, the, he lets the ravens loose, that guy kicks the door down, the ravens come out and stuff. That crazy rotating shot. Yeah. Did you hear about how they did that? No. So in that opera house, which is a real opera house. Yes. There's that, that they filled with people. Yeah. That motherfucker filled a, a huge 19th century opera house with people mm-hmm. for a few shots. Mm-hmm. He's insane. Anyway. And they... Uh, they basically took that chandelier, which was the real chandelier from that place, and like rigged it up with a camera and spun it. Jesus 
That's how they did that shot. <laughs> it's nuts. It's crazy. And it's an incredible shot. I love that Italy is just like, Dario, you make it a pizza the way you want to make it a pizza. We help you make it a pizza. Hey, listen. If you destroy the chandelier, we make a new chandelier. Better ingredient, a better pizza. A Papa John. <laughs> That guy, huh? that he's guy. doing well. This oh week, man, huh? woo! How long is it before that chain is just out? Uh well, I mean, he's he's out now, so they can you know claim, hey, we don't have any other people. Oh here wait, that like say, is Preppy yeah. Jan? He's he's well, out. He still owns it though, but like they can't kick you out of owning your business. But he's no longer CEO or chairman of the board. Really? So. Yeah, he's just head racist. Yeah. It's it's real weird. Okay, I'm glad when uh you know this happens that we we find out you know some billionaire is a an asshole. Yeah, and he gets in trouble. I like that. Yeah, it's fun, but like <laughs> we're not solving anything because of all the other racist assholes that are left behind who haven't been caught. Yeah, saying racist asshole shit. Yeah, <laughs> very true. They're still there. So anyway, so after after the guy gets his eye plucked out, we find out it's a police inspector. He barricades himself in this room with Betty, sets the room on fire, puts a blindfold on her, hands her a gun, and says to shoot him. Like that's like his final, I guess, puts like a, fetish act. That's like, interesting. Get killed. Puts a blindfold on her and then tells her to shoot him. I wouldn't imagine that would be the best way to do that. Yeah, if you want someone to shoot you, you know what? First off, just sit right next to the gun. Or be real go-getter. Do it yourself, bud. Hey, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and basically he fakes it, as we find out at the very end. By yeah, which this is, it's a stupid okay, twist. It's real. Okay, and do you know what the deal was? What? So apparently, so this came out in what, 87? Yeah. I think it was in 86, Michael Mann's Manhunter came out. Okay. Which is based on uh, Red Dragon. So, yeah. Huh. Apparently Dario Gento was a huge fan of the book. Okay. He was very mad that Michael Mann in Manhunter... I think it was Michael Mann did that, didn't he? Pretty sure it was Michael I, Mann. Yeah, I would believe it. But in Manhunter, they didn't go with the uh, the Tooth Fairy Killer faked his death ending. Do you remember that from Red Dragon? Okay, How he fakes his yes. death? Uh-huh. In Manhunter, that doesn't happen. Okay. Apparently, Dario Argento was mad about that. So he was like... I'll put it into my pizza. In I mean, a movie. <laughs> yeah. like So that's why he did that. The fake death is so important. <laughs> no, it is not. like a de marinara. It's never important. It's not like the marinara. Faking, faking death in any movie is, is very rarely well, worth it. Dude, and especially the fact that they find that it apparently takes the police investigators after they've like put the room out and stuff. Yeah. It takes them a while to figure out that that was a dummy. Yeah. How? How does it take them any amount of time? You should be able to immediately tell yeah. if it is an actual burnt corpse or a burnt dummy. Also, how? where did he escape? Like, they said he escaped through... There was one door in that room. Yeah. The, uh, the rest of the room was on fucking fire. Uh-huh. How did he get out? Like, that. that's one of those things that I'm like, there is no answer to that. I mean, I. it's real stupid, but I have to admire it because it gives us, then, the scenes in the cabin in the Alps... <laughs> which are totally relevant illegible like okay a woman walks by and says guten talk yeah another one says uh, i think she, uh, betty says 
I guess the problem solved. And then we hear a crash downstairs and they both go. (laughs) And then Betty goes outside. That does happen. That crash downstairs was the German lady, I guess, being murdered. Yeah, it was. Then a helicopter goes by and two police dogs. Yep. And Betty tells us later that she knew the police were there because she saw the dogs. Right. But she doesn't turn around and say, hey, the police are here. Maybe you should come out. Hey, director guy, don't get killed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she kind of just lets it roll. And then she runs from the killer. Through the sound sound of music. Yeah, exactly. It looks like the sound of music. Exactly. And that is actually important, I think, for her final little speech. Okay, all right. Um, She's running from the guy, and the director somehow, like, cuts off. Cuts him off at the pass. and, and, And tackles the killer, but the killer boy sure stabs up the director. Sure does. Has uh, no effect on Betty. No effect on Betty. Betty immediately is like, you're right. I am like my mother. And she's like, it, she pulls a Paris Hilton. She's like, that's hot. That's hot. That's you hot. killed him. I enjoyed Mar- that. <laughs> Trademark. That's hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's like, oh, you're right. I am just like my mother. I wanted this to happen. I wanted him like, to die. Let's run away before it's too late. And he's like, convinced. On awesome. board. Let's do this. They walk 15 steps, and every cop in all of Italy shows up. Yeah, she smashed them on the head with a rock, too. She does. That's pretty cool. Um, and then the cops all just start hitting him. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> punching him in the face. Very organized, uh-huh. the, the police out he there. He says that he was freeing uh, the, the souls. He's like, I didn't do anything. I was trying to free the souls. Well, yeah. I'm like, I don't think that was your motivation None at all. That... I think this is all like a sex thing, wasn't it? None of that makes sense. Uh, but what? one of my... One of my absolute favorite lines of yeah. any movie ever. Cop comes up to Betty and goes, he wanted to kill you, huh? He wanted to kill you. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yes. Thanks, thanks Captain for Obvious. Out. You know what? I did just go through that whole thing where a guy was trying to kill me. But thanks. Thanks for reminding me. He did want to kill me. Dickhead. Anyway, and then she collapses to the ground where she starts talking about things she likes. In she does. A, voiceover. a few of her favorite things. Exactly. Yeah. Sound of music. <laughs> These are a few of my favorite things. Wow. But also there's a lizard that trapped under a stick. is trapped under a stick and she releases the lizard. Yeah. And then she's talking. I'm. Uh, she says, I don't even re- vaguely resemble others. Any of them. <laughs> I like the wind. <laughs> I like the trees. And she just (laughs) lists all these shit she likes. I like dirt. Yeah. And none of it really makes much sense. But what I I think the meaning of it is, is that she releases the cold-blooded lizard from herself. Okay. She's releasing that frigidness from herself and embracing the things that she loves. Embracing that she's not like other people. It isn't um an ending that is earned in this movie certainly not expected nor expected but i think that's what they were going for do you think that that's okay there's a few possibilities for what this ending is all about Uh uh-huh do you think that it is just with the whole you know okay fine i like bugs and strange things i'll i'm not like the others do you think that's like argento just being like all right fine i'll do what i do yeah and just make weird fucking shit yeah Hear weird words. Yeah. Or 
is the end of this movie. Has this whole movie just been basically the public's reaction to him trying to do opera? Uh huh. And then at the end of it, just being like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go up to the Swiss Alps and I'll make phenomena. Is the end of this hyper meta? Because even the well, even the stuff starts off with him like with a fly on like a piece yeah, of yeah. When they cut string to the whatever, yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought that too. When they cut to the cabin, the fly on the string that's phenomena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and even the cabin in the middle of the Alps is like mm-hmm. the cabin in phenomena. Yeah, it looks exactly like the area where they filmed those opening scenes. Yeah. For sure. So is it is this ending basically like well okay this whole opera thing I tried to do was a flop. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, on the set of phenomena, this stuff is happening. Is that what this is about? Maybe. Like, did it get hyper meta at the end? Yeah. Man, I just don't fucking know. Is he also just going through his, like, going through some emo stuff at the end where he's like, he's like, uh, you know, maybe you don't like my, my opera, but I'm not like other people. I like the wind. I like the ravioli. I like the ravioli. I like the, the tortellini. <laughs> like it's him saying at the end, like, I'm not like other people. So Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe the ending of this is just as batshit wacko as the rest of the fucking movie. That would make the most sense, honestly. I mean, honestly, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I'm like, I think that it is just I as wacko as the rest. I think the meaning is that it's batshit crazy. What do you think about how this movie looks, though? It's great. I mean, he's he's an awesome director. He he's can known compose for making, a great shot. He's known for making the pretty movie. I, seriously, he filled the, they filled that opera house with people wearing formal clothes, which means to me they paid them to be there and paid for those clothes. It's a pretty high-budget movie. Yeah. It's a pretty high-budget movie, and there are just some beautiful shots of that opera house. And, yeah. and I'm kind of torn because I'm like, okay... Are they beautiful shots of the opera house, or, or is, is it the just opera house beautiful? Exactly, yeah. is it just shots of a beautiful place? Yeah, it's like you, you could pretty easily make that place look gorgeous as fuck. Yeah, but there's other shots in the movie that are very, very, very pretty. Yeah, too. all the stuff in the Alps is great. Yeah, uh, and I love like in um, a couple of the kill scenes, you know, where we're getting those very tight close-ups of her face with like the needle things under her mm-hmm. eyes. It's got this like gritty teal. Yeah, like that, that saw color. You yeah. know. Yeah, I I really that that really stood out to me, especially the kill with the the designer. Yeah, she's he she's put, in like a light like a costume yeah, case. Yeah, he puts her in like a case, and yeah. the, the case has that like gritty sort of feel to it. Yeah, and then on the outside, it's warmer, uh-huh. like where the killing is happening. So that's I mean that's an interesting juxtaposition. There are warmer colors where the killing is happening, and she's in the cold. Yeah, over here she's frigid. Yeah, yeah. And there's definitely just some crazy shots, like I said, the crazy spinning shot of mm-hmm. the ravens, yeah, uh, the 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 bullet through the peephole uh-huh. shot and stuff. There's some really weird stuff in this, and some odd lighting choices that reminded me of Suspiria as well. The first yeah. time that we see Betty in her apartment, and she's sitting on her bed listening to music. She's got some kind of like light next to her bed that I guess is just there to induce seizures. It looks and like give that, you strange yeah. dreams because it's giving you all these weird like red and green. Just strange lighting, like something you see from Suspiria, yeah. which I'm very okay with. He also uh, took the the entire movie to juxtapose modern, in 1987 terms, technology with 19th century architecture. Okay, stuff. yeah, because she's using the CD player yeah. and stuff, which was very ahead of its time. Yeah, and it, it shows when they're they're in the opera house. It shows the the uh, 
TV cameras. Mm-hmm. And in the back, it shows like the director in this like area with all these monitors, and he's, yeah, they're yeah. all wearing these headsets. But it, it, then you look at the opera house, and it's this 19th century opera house. That's yeah. Very much of its time, it doesn't look modern at all. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of that going on. But again, I just don't, I don't find, I don't think this movie is worth yeah rewatching. It's worth a watch for sure, but it's not one I'm gonna go back to. So in terms of like the other Argento flicks that we've done mm-hmm. on the, on the show, those are the only ones you've watched, right? It's yeah, I haven't phenomenon. seen anything else. Huh? So where is this the last of the three for you? This is in third place. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it is for me too. I definitely don't like it as much as Suspiria. I definitely no. don't like it as much as Phenomenon. Yeah. Phenomenon is just so charming and it fucking is. strange. And Jennifer Connelly's awesome. Yeah, and she's awesome. And Donald Pleasance is fucking mm-hmm. awesome. And that monkey. And that monkey's fucking big red butt's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's so, a chimp. I know. Oh, whatever. Yeah, this is definitely not as good as either of those. Um, I I still enjoy it. Like I enjoy that it has that weird. Mm-hmm dreamlike like shit's not quite right i like that there's these weird inhuman reactions because i don't feel like it's made by i don't feel like it's a badly made movie i feel like it's made by a person who is a fucking alien and doesn't know how humans work yeah because it's so consistent it is like if there's just a part or two like there's parts and pieces that just don't make sense yeah this whole movie is just weird. The interpersonal relationships and the way people talk to each other makes no sense. And it's so consistent that it just feels like somebody who's kind of new to being a human made this. Mm-hmm. And I like that about it because it just seems so weird <laughs> and, and dreamlike. Almost, like this almost, is what a baby would make if it could make a movie. I think so. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, almost too like a David Lynch kind of thing where it's just surreal uh-huh. and strange. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff in this too where I'm like, is this a flashback or is it a dream or is it a flashback of a dream? Mm-hmm. That that does happen where she has yeah. a dream flashback. Yeah, where exactly. she's like actually dreaming, but the things she's dreaming about really happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's really cool. And I even I, I love the sets that are in her dream slash mm-hmm. flashback. They're like kind of like the sets at the very end of Sleepaway Camp, where that the house had been torn down. Yeah, and so they're it's very just minimal. A black box minimalist. Sort yeah, of thing. yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that a lot because it's like even whenever I think about dreams that i had when i was a kid they're very like incomplete like there's data missing or something well yeah your brain is only focusing on the very important stuff so all the stuff around you is like just fuzz yeah 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 so i like that stuff about it um but i can't say that i love this movie yeah you know if i'm gonna be thinking about kind of overall final thoughts i would say that it's definitely worth watching for the kills. The uh-huh. kills are fantastic. And there's there's a handful of them. There's probably four or five. Yeah. Pretty great kills in this. Uh, a lot of people say that it is the last great Argento movie. Oh, wow. Phenomenon really might be the last great one. Mm. Was Phenomenon come before this or after? Was it 86? Or? Or? Oh, wait. Was it after? I don't know. I can't remember either. Mm. I feel like this is research. Probably should have done. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people say that this is the last great one and stuff. And I don't. I don't even know that it's necessarily great. Great, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I will, I will gladly watch many of his other flicks over and over and again. But this is one of those ones that I don't foresee myself watching again anytime super soon. Yeah, unless you have that friend who's like, "Man, I love opera," and you're like, "The Dario Argento movie," and they're like, "No," and people are just singing and screaming at each other's faces. Yeah, and you're like, "Well, let's 
watch the Dario Argento movie. I got something for you. You'll probably like it, I guess. I've got a friend that really, really likes Ravens. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. I'll have him over and be like, dude, <laughs> I've got the thing for who you. Does, I mean, there are definitely people who don't like Ravens, but you should. They're freaking genius Pretty birds. smart. Pretty it's smart. insane. I would say if I'm going to give this thing a rating, mm-hmm. if I'm going to stack this thing up on a scale of 1 to 10, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to say it's a 5.5. Okay. 5.5. Not not unwatchable, yeah. but not something I am desperate to see again. Yeah. Where, where you is. Last week, I gave uh, Autopsy of uh, uh, Jane Doe yeah. a, a 5. And I think that the autopsy of Jane Doe kind of blows this movie out of the water almost. Okay, yeah. That's like wow. a, a good bit better. And you didn't really like it. I don't really like it, but um so it, it's hard for me to, to even say it's a it's a five, so I I say four and a half. Four and a half. It's a four and a halfer. Um What do you like has, about the movie? It, Tell me what you it, like it, about well, it. Well it definitely has its positives. It it has that Dario Argento feel to it. Yeah. He really has his own voice, and he brings it to everything he does. Absolutely. That's great. For better or worse. Yes, exactly. Um, I couldn't tell you if it's well acted because the dubbing is so it's real bad. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to be terribly well acted, honestly. Right. Um, it does have really good sets, really well put together awesome uh scenes with the opera house and things like that um and i like betty i think i i think she is probably the best performance in the movie i think she's a cutie she she is a cutie she plays it good and weird but i think the characters is not written well I don't think anything in this movie is written too well, and that's its detriment. There's definitely seeds of, of cool stuff. Like, yeah. I, I like this whole, you know, again, like the psychosexual trauma of this girl that had to watch her mom get off by seeing people get murdered. Yeah. And she's not sure if she remembers that as a dream or as something that really happened. Yeah. And it's kind of implied that it has affected her and uh-huh. that she is like her mom. Yeah. Um, I think that that's a really interesting, strange, strange premise for a movie, too. I think that's very cool. Yeah. But quite underdeveloped. Yeah, very much underdeveloped. And um, aside from really great kills, there's not not much more great to say about it. Yeah. Um, It's all just kind of eh. Right on. Yeah. So four and a half. Four and a half. Well, what are we going to be covering on the show well, next week? Well, I'll tell you what. It's 10. summer as shit. It is. It's warm out there. It's, just, it's as hot as being out in God dang Texas. So August for us is hot and sweaty month. Yeah. And we're starting with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. TCM. Yeah. We're finally getting to it. It's uh, one of my favorite horror movies. Yeah. I'm really excited to talk about it. A beloved horror classic. This is one of the few movies that... Even after I've watched it many times, yeah, uh, and as as jaded as I may be, really makes me feel like I need to take a shower after I watch it's it. It's real brutal. And it's real grimy. Grimy. It is just a yeah. grimy. Uh, it's a portrait of misery. This movie. The 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 I will always be very much affected by the dinner scene. 
Oh god, yeah. But the the scene that always sticks with me as what I would think one of the most demented things ever is when the cook has Sally in a bag in the floorboard oh, of his man. truck and he's just like poking her and yeah. like giggling. Yeah, dude. Because he, he uh, we'll talk it's about it. It's a highly sick. unnerving scene yeah. because he's not putting on a performance for anybody else. No, that is just him, for him enjoying his time. Yeah, with this person tied up in a bag. Yeah, that he might make a chili out of. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, it'll be a fun episode talking about that one. That is a <laughs> it sounds fun. That is not a pleasant watch. I think after I watch it, I'm gonna leave enough time to maybe watch like. Emperor's New Groove. Oh yeah, yeah. That is that your rebound movie? That's a good rebounder right there to me. Yeah. What's yours? Oh man, I would say if if I'm really like just (laughs) I don't know. I saw something terrible and I got to get it out of my head. Yeah. Uh, maybe The Lion King or Little Mermaid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or Aladdin. You know what? Aladdin. Aladdin. That's a good one. To really just make you go, you know what? The world's not so bad. Maybe our list that we do before the movie next week is like top five things you should watch after Texas Chainsaw. There you go. <laughs> you D- know, decided. Brighten your day up a little uh-huh. bit. It's not a bad idea. It's actually. not. Yeah, maybe we Videos do. Videos of kittens. Yeah, Rhett and Link. There you go. Morning. That'll help. That's kind of been my like go-to, just feel-good watch lately. Yeah, yeah. it's a feel-good. I love those guys. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll be a fun episode, Steve. Uh, I look forward to covering that with you next week on the show. You guys be sure to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you guys should spend the rest of your week here rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Yeah, the whole week. Yeah, the whole week. Just come back every day and add something. It just takes a moment of your time, and it helps us out a ton. We're already starting to show up on a lot of the great... Uh, search fields and stuff on iTunes. Steve, you said if you search for like horror review yeah, or something, horror, movie, horror movies, we, we're we're up there in the top ten. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Uh, but I would like to be in the top ten of everything. So yeah, because we're the tag team champs, and it's Obviously, weird that they yeah. haven't caught on to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So you guys be sure to rate and review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot, and it just takes uno momento. Uh-huh. You guys can find me on the Instagriddle at. Ben Eller Guitar. Steve, where can they find you and um, us? You can find me at Steven Spratling. You know, you'll figure it out. That way. Um, you can find the podcast at Dead Lovely Pod on Instagram and okay. Twitter. Yeah. Uh, we also have a Dead and Lovely Horror Movie Podcast group yep. on Facebook. And you can email us at deadandlovelypod at gmail.com. That you can drop us some movie suggestions. Uh, Tell us that you want to send us some beers to have on the show. We would love that. Oh, yeah, 100%. Though, I mean, we have already gotten people saying, hey, I want to send you beer. But where do they send it? To Dead and Lovely Pod. Oh, you just write that down? Yeah, you write it on the can. Oh, it's like Santa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. they know where it goes. (laughs) You write it on the can, you drink it, and we will actually, it will go into us. Yeah, I hope I'm not, like, driving or somewhere. I hope I am. Yeah, you're like, oh, man, whoa. I need to pull over. I am fucking hammered. Somebody just gave me a pull. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get a pull. I was given a pull. (laughs) Maybe that's the new thing. Don't get your pull. Give a pull. Give a pull. Give a pull. Uh Uh-huh. It's like like paying it forward. Yeah, exactly. Give a pull. (laughs) I like that. Well, in the meantime, you guys have been dead and we have been lovely. Stay tuned for another fantabulous episode next week. Say goodnight, Steve. Goodnight, Steve. Woo!